0: Welcome to Sports 360 Podcast. Here we talk about issues in the wide world of sports, ranging from local issues from the Nigerian scene to global issues. And uh, we like to make it an all-sports affair. Sports 360, we can go anywhere, any sport. My name is DJ Omoto I'm Imbo. And I'm Adeyemi Adisoya. I am Akimbo De Hello, everyone! It's that time again to bring you Sports Three Hundred and Sixty Podcast, a very special edition because while three of us are here, one of us is on another planet in another time zone. <laughs> all right, um, and also we have a friend in the house joining us today on this podcast. Is Babatude Koiki, who is an expert in one of the topics we're going to talk about today, so well, that's why he's there. But he's also an expert in all the things we're going to discuss, so he's going to join us right through. The show today. Many thanks for joining us, and many thanks for all of you listening from across the world. We're seeing the numbers, we're seeing the times, we're seeing the uh, locations. We're very glad that this is going out worldwide. Well, we start from home as always, and <laughs> again, um, Bode Ogutui is not here in Nigeria, but he is in the US, monitoring the NBA players. So when you hear his voice, he's actually talking to us via Skype, and um, he's monitoring the. Uh, NBA playoffs for us. He is also the man of the Trump zone beats who has absconded his beat, but we still ask him questions about that beat. <laughs> so, let's start with the NNL fiasco. That's what I call it. Um, an NNL game, Nigerian National League, in case you don't know that, that's the second tier of Nigerian football between uh Remo Stars of Ikene, which happens to be Bodeogutu, his hometown, and uh. Bendel Insurance, ended in violence. And we are just finding out today also that another game in Kano, in the same NNL, between a team called Shekarau and, was it DMD? Also ended in that kind of violence of fans getting on the pitch, attacking footballers. The first video was very, very bad. You saw Bendel Insurance players actually running for their, their lives. And um, this kind of thing keeps repeating itself. But but it has more information about this. So I'll get. But it just but it ex- tell us exactly what went down, the cause of all this. In, if you have any information about that and what's going on, because as we speak, officially there's no statement from the authority, oh, the NNL uh, management board. There's no official statement on any of these two events from anywhere, which I think is very very bad. But um. Capture it for us and tell us what's going on.
1: Uh, thank you, DJ. Honestly, I was um I I, I don't know honestly, I, I don't know how to describe my reactions when I saw the pictures from both centers. Um, the one from uh, from uh from Ikene where um Real posted uh insurance, and the one from Kano, where DMD and Shakarao faced off. First, the one the one from Ikene, details coming are still sketchy. But like you said, um, I don't understand why we have not heard anything from DNNL, especially as the videos are making the rounds. If nobody has seen anything, I will understand why DNNL has not said, uh, has not, has, has not uttered the word about what went down at Sikene. But since the video was already in the social in, in social media and in WhatsApp groups, I feel that even before they conclude on what really happened because there's so many, like I said, there are so many stories coming through. There should have been something they should have said so people will know that they're on top of it. Um, What we know was that the game was going on and it was going to end in a tie. And at one point, an insurance player was issued a red card. He initially refused to leave the pitch but when, when eventually something happened that led to an official of insurance attacking or squaring up to 11 officials' uh, uh, um, official. Now, that's on one side. Now, on the other side, another version said that as the game was rounding up, the had not won the game. The game was still tied. The red card had been issued. And the, and the, uh, the insurance goalkeeper was of course playing night games each time he gets it, each, each time the ball comes in, will roll on the floor. And at some point, while pretending to be injured, he took off his gloves and threw it away. You know what, what, that, what happens? It means that he wants the medical people to come, and then sometimes it's different for, for him to find the gloves and put it back on. would mean that more time will have been wasted. And then the fans that's and that's important. The fans got upset with the with the, uh, with the goalkeeper exactly and they took matters into their hands. Now, of course, the, 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 the matter that we remember, Oshiro United against Vandreza, mm. and the ruling that led to Vandreza about this initial withdrawal from the league, it started to do with whether, whether France were allowed there or not, or not and what the NL, NL decided. And so, what happened was that, of course, we saw the video of the uh, of, of the players of the, uh, being chased around, one of them skilled, the first went to the bush, and they never saw him until several hours later bruised battered and well beaten in the bush. So that was on one side. In the video we saw from Kano, in fact, that one for me is not less horrible than the one from Ekene because we saw the match official being chased by fans again at the stadium while script officials looked on and he was beaten to a Now, uh, uh, that, that raises several, several questions. We know that fans have not been permitted to to enter arenas. We know that the NNL have, have, have uh, in the matter of Schumacher against Mandriza, they made decisions that they that they, that, they, that they roll back and and cancel that they went back to another one. We know that uh, we have been told that in the NPF that clubs are saying let fans come in and watch Since all over the world once the COVID. Uh, uh, medication, vaccine uh, is, is, being, is, is being applied uh, uh, to people that fans have been allowed into the arena piecemeal. So, sh- uh, sh- should we start reviewing policies on fans attending the stadium? Should we start giving punishments that will ensure fans of clubs and clubs don't even think about attacking opponents or match officials? Because we keep saying this. One day they will kill a referee and we back here saying sorry to the families. Why we could have prevented this by taking actions that can keep them safe. safe. And then what, what exactly is the role of of uh, uh, the uh the NRA, the reference association? Can't they do something more than just uh, um, uh, more than just taking posters on pieces of newspapers to protect their members, because at the end of the day. They have a duty, they have an obligation to protect their members. They don't have an obli- obligation to the, to the league to ensure that matches are played. They are forced ob- obligation. Yes, it's their duty to it's, it's a duty to, uh, to officiate matches. But what about the obligation to their members whose lives are being threatened almost every day at match All
0: right, um, it's a, a very very sad state of affairs. But my take, as I ask Jimmy now, is the fact that I feel that. But he made a point about penalties being missed. I feel that these things keep happening because nobody gets punished. Nobody ever gets held to account. Nobody ever gets... Absolutely. You know, nobody ever gets... You, you cannot point to an example of, oh, when this happened, this will happen. Even when clubs are banished, they banish a club for two, three weeks, they come back and tell you they've been... uh good They've been pardoned. They come back and all of that. No point deduction, nothing. because. But they made a point that, and that is what worries me. It may not be a referee. It may be a player. It may be an, another official. It may be a player. It, it, this begins to look like until somebody is killed before we come alive to our responsibilities about this. Also made a point have fans been allowed back into the stadiums without our knowledge? Because as far as I know, the presidential task force on COVID has not made an express pronouncement to say fans can come back to the stadium. So are we flouting protocols? Are we breaking the rules? But for me, the authorities are simply not doing enough to curb this. Fans feel that they can do it. It will be a, hand, a kid's glove punishment. No fan has been prosecuted to say you attacked a player a referee. You are going to jail for six months or three months or whatever. Nothing like that has happened. And if you do not have deterrence, this will keep happening, Yemi. You know, it's unfortunate that we're having this conversation. I will be having this conversation for 20 good years. I'm telling you, it's been happening for so long. And we're in an era where video evidence is available, the clubs know these people, the video is available. People need to be made to bear the brunt for their actions. Full force of the law. Arrest these people, charge them to court, put people behind bars for assault, gross bodily harm, and of course, constituting a new public nuisance. But that won't happen. We have seen so many incidences across our country, across our leagues, and after a few weeks, everybody keeps quiet and it's business as usual. This is for eight hours after. Nothing from the authorities. It's so sad that the NFL nothing. itself, nothing. Don't nothing. even know their responsibility as the gatekeepers of the game. What are you saying about this? Absolutely not. And we want corporate bodies to come into our football exactly and fund our sports. When things like this it's not going to happen. happen. It's not going to happen. And the other thing is, yeah, we we're talking about um, the representatives of insurance saying that they're going to take legal action. Mm. Good, but please see it through. Yeah, we've said it so uh, exactly. many times. I,
1: mean, I hope they follow up on that yes. because it, it, it should just be posturing. Yeah, and I, I, in one of the videos, one of one of, one of the officials was lamenting when they are looking for their for their captive. What do we tell his spirit? Yes. and, and right for it. me, that's that. that that it, it, it is,
0: it's frightening. It's is it, frightening. My, my problem um, is, I won't hold my breath. Yeah. So they, um, that, that angle, I was going to ask you a question about that angle. I was on the TV show yesterday where the deputy governor of uh, those states spoke about. They, it's like, I think they decided we're not going to wait for the football authorities to handle this. Our players' lives were put at risk and we are taking it up legally. They, and they mentioned the owner of Remo Stars by name. They said, which, and I hope like Gabby said, they follow it through. Because honestly, and I said on that show yesterday, if you wait for the authorities, nothing will happen. So I like that stance. And like Gavin said, I hope they follow it through. Hold somebody, charge the, let Ramon's Re, owner and Ramon as a football club, let them be charged to court. Let them go to court and defend themselves. If somebody is found guilty, let the person get uh, jailed, whatever. I hope the authorities will come back and say Football Matters should not go to the courts <laughs> because that's another funny angle. Meanwhile, they don't do anything. Do you think that might be today? Do you think that might be a solution if the authorities are not doing anything? Because really, honestly, those players have a right to a reprieve. They have a right personally to even charge people who attack them to court because it's assault and battery
2: and grievous bodily harm and all the legal jargons you want to come back. Crimes were committed. I think there's even a case for attempted murder. In this, uh, exactly, issue, in this particular case as well. And because um, look at the picture of the captain with the w- one eye completely bandaged. Maybe he has lost that eye. Who knows? Look, there was even you know the 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 depressing parts. In okay, so one one of the facts. One one of the videos I saw a player of the home team assaulting the referee. That was yeah. caught on that was caught on mm. on camera. In another venue, I saw a dwarf. Mm. Assaulting the either the referee or not. and look, you cannot <laughs> tell me that if people are not known. It's, I mean, it's a dwarf for how many dwarves exactly do we have in society? And for him to get on the pitch, that means somebody must have cried him over defense. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. it's 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 deplorable, and this thing has been going on like you said for decades. There but they just... here,
0: but they here over twenty years ago. But there was, um, I Gumbi. think, it was shooting stars in Gombe. Mm. They were attacked. Almost to the point of being killed. That's 20-something years ago. We're talking about the same thing here
2: now. A few years ago, a few years ago as well, there was a very well-known story. I think Boden knows that story as well. About a referee that wanted to be assaulted on the pitch. The state commissioner or the FHM man said, no, 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 please let his, We cannot allow this to happen. He ensured that they protected the referee yeah. and took him out of the stadium. The referee got back to his official hotel, locked the door behind himself. Mm. Only for... Miscreants to start coming out from the wardrobe, the Whoa. bathroom, underneath the bed, <laughs> and begin to beat him within an inch. Beat, they beat him like a talking drum, out of the out of sight of everyone, and this was and this was with the active connivance of the club officials, and because what, they knew exactly the hotel that he was staying in. And what happened? And they, and they also got the spare key of his hotel and let those boys in. And what happened? Nothing. Nothing. happened. Absolutely nothing. nothing look, this, this, this issue. You know that story now, but the the, the issue here is very yeah. simple. You have to start. You, look, the football we play in Nigeria here is not even football. As, we have not even started. We are not ready with the game. In in same societies, there are two minimum things that you need in a in a in a football venue: CCTV, CCTV that will take pictures and record videos of everything and anything that has happened. Have videos, actualities of the perpetrators, so you cannot claim that you do not know these people. Secondly, match these towards mm. whose whose job is very simple crowd control or identification of perpetrators. We don't have either one of these things. Why? Why are uh, um, buddy? Um,
0: we're rounding this up now because uh, if we say continue to talk, <laughs> it will take up all our time. But let me round it up by saying, asking you. Do you think that our authorities have the wherewithal? They have the wherewithal in terms of they can take decisions. But do you think they have the conviction to enforce? to enforce their own laws and ensure punishments are meted out? Or 10 years down the line, 15 years down the line, we'll be talking about this same thing because we talked about it when you were among the you were attacked about, I think it was 98 or 99, if I remember correctly, uh, in Gombe. It, 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 was,
1: it was 99
0: in uh, 99 in Goombi. We are here in 2021, 22 years later, talking about similar thing. And you see, I keep saying my worry is, now, God forbid, somebody is now killed, then we will not start shouting and we could have done things to prevent it. Because if it continues, inevitably, somebody is going to get killed.
1: G. Number one, the fact that um, we have not had anything from the NNL or the supervisory N- body. is very, despicable. Tells, tells me that, tells me that they are not, they are not taking this serious. The second thing for me is that, I'm sorry to say, I don't think anything will happen until somebody dies. I don't think so, uh, because where we are now, you'll we'll be shocked at the tribe who will hear from the NNL. When it does settle on this, you mm. will be shocked. It will be so. I mean, I think now, clearly, we can see why Van were offended. Yeah. Of course, when we're listening to they are offended, we just felt that there are several steps we have taken. But Van have been proved right. And I think, and I believe, I hope I'm wrong, that until somebody drops dead, nothing will be
0: done. <laughs> it's very, very disheartening because that's the conclusion because it looks like things happen they will maybe they will now come and they will find uh they will find the the club blah 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 kids gloves punishment and everybody goes on business as usual what we are saying on this podcast please authorities your job is to protect um the players officials of Nigerian football even the fans and even, even the, the fans. fans whatever happens we do not want a case where somebody dies and we now start setting up, you know, we know how to set up committees. Now that setting up committees and all <laughs> that, the way this trend is going, if nothing is done, is inevitable. Or not. We, Yes.
1: You see, you remember the boy, Martins that died. Mm, yeah. Last season. Yeah, Since ago. Now, we hear that the things that could have prevented this death, that the clubs are told to do, those things have still not been done. <laughs> Okay, so uh, so we are not even sure. that if somebody dies, that action will be taken. It's as simple as that.
0: Okay, we just have to um, pray and hope on this, as, as we as always do in Nigeria. As we pray and hope in that God will come from upstairs and, and help us downstairs. We think we can help ourselves with anyway. Hopefully, it won't get to that. But we just can't market Nigerian football Absolutely. with all these things happening. We just can't market Nigerian footballer. And there are people who are in charge of this, who are not. I mean, we're talking now. Maybe by the time you hear the podcast, they will have reacted. But we're talking now 48, 72 hours after the facts. And there is no official reaction from the authorities of the league. I say to you, that is despicable. And I say to you guys, it's a shame. It's a shame that you have not reacted to this at this stage of the situation. Is a huge shame and is an embarrassment to you and the football that you claim, I mean, the league that you claim to be overseeing. The number of times I've said is a shame on this podcast. <laughs> it's a shame to me. The number of times I've had to say is a shame. It's a shame to me. The number of times I've had to say it's a shame. All right, let's go to more pleasant stuff around football. This time in other climes. And um, it's the European seasonal break. Although we're looking ahead, uh, we're hoping the that the Euros will provide us with some exciting football over the next three, four weeks, uh, starting this weekend. But normally when you have what you call silly season in football, it's usually about the players. Who is going where? Who is going win goal. But this summer is totally different. It's about the managers. A lot of situations happening with football managers across Europe. uh, Who is going where? Who has ended up where? A situation where a lot of, uh, quote and unquote, I'm using a metaphorical statement, a lot of, clubs, two big clubs have gone back to their vomits, so to speak, in terms of managerial, what we call managerial musical chairs. And it does look to me like there is now a class of managers who continue to be rotated. A number of managers are continue to be rotated. And like Yemi and I were talking before, and we we're saying that we don't know about when, but it looks like in the next few years, if uh, Guardiola leaves Man City, there's only one place it's going back to. Yeah. <laughs> and that's likely to be so we have Spurs who wanted to get Conte, it didn't work out. Angelotti has gone back to Real Madrid has gone back to Angelotti, yes. whichever you want to look at it. Filippo uh, Inzaghi is Filippo Inzaghi, no, no, Simone Inzaghi. Inzaghi, sorry. Simone Inzaghi has gone to Inter uh from Lazio. Lazio. Uh, Luciano Spalletti who was at Roma is down at Napoli. Uh, Napoli. Mm-hmm. uh we have PSG Want to hold on to Pochettino? We are hearing stories. Pochettino might want to leave. We don't know about that. Juventus have gone back to Allegri. Allegri has gone to Juventus. Whichever sure. we want to look at it. Uh, Maurizio Sarri we hear might be ending up at Lazio. Lazio, Lazio where you know uh, we are even talking about what's his name now. Gattuso is now Fiorentina in the Premier League. Wolves are looking for a coach. Crystal Palace are looking for a coach and all of
2: Everton that. Everton are also looking
0: for, Everton are looking for a coach. Thank you, Everton. So it's gone to stage where there are this who are called the super managers. Angelotti, Guardiola, Klopp. I think Turkel is in that uh, in that group now. Yeah, yeah, These are managers that appear to be like yeah, Zidane. Zidane is available. Conte is available. Those are two big fishes in the managerial ocean. And you do ex- you do feel that they will end up at one of the big clubs. Who knows? So, let me start with today. Um, today, is becoming very interesting, but it does look like the... Class of managers, quality managers, is dwindling. And that's why the likes of Real Madrid and uh, Juventus have to go back to former managers who left them, who were more or less sacked Mm. some years ago. It's happened with Chelsea and uh, Mario Mario too. You know,
2: so interesting stuff. Well, the truth is, um, these class of super managers, as you've called them, have built a body of work over a long period of time. Yeah. I mean, there's so much that can be said about them, but their antecedents... Their reputation, their CV is packed full, and at the way the way football is going right now, these are clubs that have tremendous budgets. They have some of the most expensive players in the world, who are big time assets. The question really is: Is do you want to trust these tremendous budgets and these high profile players who are worth millions of dollars? Do you want to put them in the hands of a new fight? Or do you want to put them in the hands of a coach who does not have the requisite experience to match the level at which he's playing himself? So, and and the truth about foo- the truth about it is football is becoming increasingly, do I say short fused? Many of these clubs yeah. have yeah. a have, many of them, especially those those so called super clubs, mm. have a very very short fuse. It's either you hit the ground mm. running, they are winning mm. trophies, or you are qualifying for Almost major tournaments. You really have no excuse at all. For example, in a club like Bayern Munich. Look, winning the Bundesliga is regarded as is a given. If you don't win that, then I mean that that you have no reason to stay. They want to be playing in the finals of the UEFA Champions League week in uh, year in year out. And the question really is this: Do these clubs, like I said, do they have the patience to groom these new these so called new managers? They've tried it. The likes of Gattuso had some time with Napoli, but they they didn't persist with him. Uh, The likes of Chelsea tried with, with Lampard, they didn't persist with him. Only a few clubs at that level, do I think, maybe, I can only think of Liverpool. They have, and it's only because that Jürgen Klopp has shown over the years that he can be trusted. And they gave him a long-term contract a long term, but, from the word go. But I think the truth is very simple. The big budgets, the big players that these clubs possess demands that they find big managers with big reputations and a big body of work to match it. But it, um, you're a huge fan of Jose Mourinho who has also gone to Roma.
0: Now, um, I always say that for these clubs, it depends on what the club is looking for. For instance, look at Roma. Roma shipped too many goals last season. So they feel the next best thing is to... Let's go for a coach that is pragmatic in defense. So teams have various reasons. The Juventus and the Real Madrid, like Tune said, felt they needed somebody who had maybe the experience and the way to pull them out from the situations where they currently find themselves. So they went for experience and pedigree, but like I always like to say, nothing is guaranteed. You have Conte available, Zidane available. I'm sure a few clubs are eyeing them, but even at their level of competence and experience, there's no guarantee they'll go anywhere and be instantly successful.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh, I, 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 fall in line entirely with everything that that, that said. You can't, you can't, uh, you can't have a Ferrari. and put it in the hands of a fourteen-year-old COVID-19 driver. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. If you're looking for a child for you're not going to hire a twenty-two-year-old for, for that kind of car. You're going to look for an older person that has been at job for a while and that will not be dashing uh, like a madman in traffic because of the quality of what he's driving. Um, so yes, those clubs have the right uh, to, uh, to 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 put the assets. Uh, in the hands of someone who can handle it well. In the case of Roma and Mourinho, um, I have a sneaky feeling that Mourinho wanted to bounce back so quickly that he didn't uh, take it. Take, take uh, t- I-, I suspect that he's thinking, maybe hey, I should have waited a bit. the one of these uh, big clubs mm. would we'll have landed in my lap. But having said that, Mourinho, uh, sorry, um, Roma used to have a history. Um, they used to play Roma in the Champions League. So maybe um, uh, uh, they, 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 they were ambitious and maybe there's a chance for Mourinho to let them punch above their current it's,
0: weight. And to redeem because himself I
1: as well. That, exactly, to redeem himself. It's, it's, it's a two-way thing. Because I feel that he's been in so many pressure situations in his past, past few appointments that he needed a club where he can have the space to do things his way. Mm. Remember that at Porto and the first time at um, at, at Chelsea, he was able to go into the dressing room and tell them, you guys have won nothing. nothing. I am the special one. Even at, at even at, at at Spurs, where they've not won a trophy, a trophy for a while, the only thing that Spurs had, that I had, had good for them, was that they had played in the Champions League final mm. the season before. So they could link them to something. But in the case of Roma, like you said, They've been under the coach for a long time. So, any small improvement now, they are going to thank him. But mm. above above all else, if he's able to win a trophy or get them playing Champions League again, mm. that, that, that would be a huge success. Now, will Roma have the budget to get the players that he needs for the kind of games he wants himself to be playing? Mm. That remains to be seen. But, like you said, two teams in England are, are still looking for coaches, big name coaches are still available. We didn't think that uh, uh, that uh, Angelotti will end up at everything He did, and he had fun yeah. while it lasted. So maybe with the money that 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 um, that's available now for these clubs to buy big or to buy or loan uh, certain players in the and, and I'm talking of, of Premiership teams, we need to make those uh, um, these uh, destinations exciting for mm. some of these big vendors. Because let's face it. The previous still has its pool, no matter what you say. Yeah, it's still a place where every week in week out you are tested, and I suspect that some of these managers uh, might just might want, um, might, uh, uh, um, might be um, developing the appetite to go and to go and try their hands mm. until something better in court pops up. So I'm, I'm, I'm as excited as you are about about what you we, what we we'll see next season, and I I I, 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 I wish Moriho... All
0: the best. I know you mentioned Mourinho. Rafa Benitez is also available
2: as well.
0: Rafa Benitez, yeah, exactly. Rafa Mm. Benitez is also also available. So my question to Yemi is this. We have three high-profile managers who are seeking pastures new. Uh, Antonio Conte, Zinedine Zidane, Rafa Benitez, who has tremendous premiership experience. So let's hazard guesses now. Where do you think they might possibly or possibly end up? That's war. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'd have said Spurs would have been a good fit for Conte, Uh, but why? Because Hmm. it's a project that you know he could build from from the ground up. However, could it it be a good project for Rafa?
2: (sighs) Rafa might not want to go to Everton because of his Liverpool links. I think it's an excellent project for.
1: For, oh. Rafa, for Rafa. I'm
2: not sure Rafa has done... I mean, remember, he's worked within budget before. Like, so and, oh, and, Valencia, Valencia, Newcastle. and Newcastle? Valencia, Newcastle. He's shown that he can he can work miracles with a limited budget. But yes, the question but is, sports, the style, what? the pragmatic style that he will bring. I'm it, not sure it's sports It's not the exp- are, explosive, no. expansive style that sports, sports like. Sports,
0: okay. historically,
2: mm. uh, historically,
0: depending on who you believe, play attacking football. I'm not sure <laughs> Rafa.
2: But Rafa also plays attacking football. No, I'm as not well. sure Rafa
0: is the kind of manager that they want. Now, okay, go ahead, go ahead. It's also another matter of the pool, the attraction. I'm not sure. You mentioned Rafa will probably not go to Everton because of for... I'm not sure everything can attract Zidane. I'm not sure Zidane even wants to. But touch we didn't that think Everton could attract Angelotti. But and then, that no, that had just got kicked out at Napoli, who are also not any different. From Everton, if we are being realistic, they are not any different from Everton. Personally, that, I think
2: Angelotti was just marking time at Everton or to something better. To something better than, and
0: that's what that he has turned and out. And that's to, what But like so that. for
2: Zidane, I'm, I look
0: around and the only job that I think can attract his attention is if Pochettino leaves PSG. PSG. Okay. I think that's the only job that can catch his fancy. Okay. Mm. That's the But, a possible, but a That job is, there. quote unquote, not entirely available. Now, side that is supposed to go to Lazio, he hasn't agreed particularly that he's still eyeing the attraction of going to the Premier League and looking at sports. Possibly sports yeah. So, the manager appointment is, whilst it's very important for the manager to pick the right team, it's also important for the teams to pick the right, right manager. You have to be there's a good still, fit on both sides. Yes, there's still Nuno Espirito Santo who is also linked to Everton. Mm, mm, mm. Where they, we've mentioned Everton, uh, Palace, yeah. Um. Lazio is still in, in, in need of a, of a manager. Spurs. I'm not sure any four of them will get. Is it Is it I'm mm. not sure they would. Okay. But okay. then Zinan Has also shown that he's able to walk within limits. But mm. still. And I'm not sure Spurs is a big so they, enough nah. attraction for him. Critically, Romani went back to Angelotti. Juventus mm. went back to Allegri. Mm. Do you get the feeling that finally the big clubs are becoming a bit more realistic about their expectations? Because. There are times to feel the big clubs just suck for the sake of sucking. Mm. Now, um, Real Madrid uh, got rid of well, parted with. I think Zidane actually left, yes. but they got rid of Angelotti at a point. Mm. Now, I think they have come to the point where they realize, like uh, I think the Emir said, we need ex- you yourself said we need experience, we need somebody who can handle the club of this stature because it's not a given. And then, eventually also got rid of Allegri a few years down the line. Two managers after that, they've gone back to him. So do you now feel that they'll be a bit more, uh, how do I say it? Uh, a bit uh, slower to pull the trigger when things are not going too well, knowing that, look, get rid of these guys. There's no guarantee that it's going to work. So why don't you stay with the tried and tested? Or it's just going to be business as usual.
2: It's going to be business as usual. to. Like I said, football uh, at the highest level at the biggest clubs have a, have no patience. a very short fuse. Either you are winning something or you are out. And it goes down to what we said earlier on about how the biggest clubs require the biggest managers to manage bigger assets. It's the same thing. It's just like, for example, wagyu beef, which is probably the most expensive steak in the world. You don't give it to a mesuya at the roadside. (laughs) You look for a five-star Michelin chef. (laughs) Someone who can actually bring the best out of such expensive condiments. And that's exactly what these people are, are looking at. Juventus tried it with Andrea Pello it was their player, it was his Uh, star, blah, blah, blah. blah. It didn't work. They have now realised that this job is meant for a certain level, a certain cadre of manager. Not just anybody, not just a new fight, not just anybody who's carrying out baby steps at this level. Don't get me wrong, it has worked in the past. There were exceptional cases, likes Mm -hmm. of Guardiola at uh, at Barcelona, at Real Madrid. But, it's it's a it's a it's a one in a one hundred chance that you will get a manager who is a newbie who can hit the ground running. So you'd rather stick let's end sorry. it like this. What worries, but was me me.
0: what worries me is the contradiction from the clubs. Mm. So Juventus, for instance, got rid of Allegri because he felt he wasn't playing the kind of football they wanted, so they went for a sari. And they died, yes. I still won the league, and they still felt he wasn't playing the kind of football, and then got into another direction and went, completely. And got Pelu younger, and but now he come back to the But side. It, let, let, let's talk about a job that might attract a lot of these guys, but it's not available right now, and that's at Old Trafford, where United appear to want to extend the contract of Ole and Oligonosokia is always one or two matches away from the sack, <laughs> but I feel that. Reality has set in for these big clubs, and I, I say this because one finances you know, you get rid of a club of a coach, you pay him a ton of severance money. Mm-hmm. You bring in a new coach, he makes demands financially on you salaries, and then he wants to get new players Watchest. and a uh, war chest to be able to compete and buy uh new players. So, while that job is not readily available, and I think United have decided to take the long road to say, look, well, he came in two seasons. He came third. He came second. Um, he has not won a trophy. He got to four semifinals and then one final that he lost and all of that. Being realistic, I think United, I'm using that as a microcosm of the new clubs singer. United are feeling, look, there's some progress. If we rip this up now and start all over again, what if it doesn't work? And I do feel that the big clubs are beginning to think along those lines. But United, I think, are quote, respecting themselves right now and going with the flow and hoping it will get better. But that job is not available, but that's the kind of job that can attract all these big names that are out of jobs right now.
1: DG, uh, you know, uh, I, 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 when um, uh, while uh Tunde was talking, I was trying to get your attention because, look, these big name managers are not available. means that that short fuse mm. that Tunde has been happening on, might go into effect as soon as it's even shorter is now, off. because because both your United and Arsenal, by the thinking, yeah, yeah,
0: that's right.
1: If this experiment is not working, we have these guys who are available, and they will be quick to pull the trigger. Mm. And I agree with you that they are not being they are they are they are more cautious about how they spend money and about how they hire. I feel that. I can't trust these clubs as fast as I can throw them. with this because they can't find a ready, because you always ask who is available, who's available. Yeah. And if you have these two or three of these guys available, then that hair trigger might just become uh that, that they, that they will will have
0: they, the bullets are in the the bullets are in the chamber already just waiting, just cocking, just co- <laughs> co- <inaudible> waiting, wait, cocked co- already, just waiting to be fired. <laughs> All right. All right, uh, that that is very interesting. And we go into a summer where a lot might happen. We're going to a season where A lot might happen from the managerial stakes. And from what we're seeing, it does look like this is not the end of the surprises when it comes to these managerial musical chairs. So on that note, uh, we end it there. The football seasons and the football leagues are well and truly established uh, for centuries. And a franchise that started some years ago and is taking on tremendous strikes is the UFC Ultimate Fighting Championship. And that's the main reason why Tunde Koiki joins us because he's a heavy, 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 huge fan of the UFC and he's a, he's a trove of information and we have it here as far as the UFC is concerned. Let me confess, I find it difficult to watch <laughs> because I think it's brutal. It's a brutal sport. I'm not a fan, but I have to say that because of the Nigerians who are doing well, I became a fan basically. I'm being patrolled because of Israel Adesanya and Kamar Rusman, basically. And because of what they're doing, because of their performance, because of the way they show pride in their Nigerian heritage, you know, you can see from the things they do, they're really proud of where they come from and all of that. Whereas a lot of us here seem to be proud of our countries, but <laughs> they are there, proud of their country. And it does look like a lot of Africans are doing well as well. It's a brutal sport. It's a winner-takes-all sport most of the time. But we're talking about it from an African perspective uh, now. today. Why do you think Africans, we're talking about Izzoladevson, Kamal and Francis Ngannou, those are the three who are champions right now, Abdurrazaq al-Hassan from Ghana, Dalcha Lugambira from Republic of Congo, so many of them Dan Maj from South Africa, Sadiq Yusuf, who is also a Nigerian, Kennedy Nzichuku, also a Nigerian, doing well. Why is this UFC becoming a success-leading story for these
2: Africans? Well, um, to be honest, um, the truth is, the honest truth is, from the dawn of time, single combat has always existed. Mm. the 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 sheer physicality, the 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 hunger the, of wanting to best your fellow man in single combat, it has always existed. Be it in the ancient Roman games, the gladiatorial sports mm. of of the past, uh, the Olympic games where men wrestled or the boxing, even local uh, wrestling uh, even local in in villages in Africa here, it has always existed. And the fact that, you know, MMA encompasses every Absolutely. single fighting style that you can think of, mm-hmm. from wrestling to boxing to jiu to kickboxing to, kickboxing, to uh, sambo to every kind of mix, any kind of martial arts that you can think of, it encompasses, it makes it a, very increasingly attractive to a lot of people. By that, it means that you are not limited to just one way the of fighting. style, yeah. A one style, you're you are open to any as well as kind of mixed martial, mixed martial arts. arts. Yeah. Exactly. And, for example, someone like Kamaru's man started out as a wrestler mm. and at some point he was actually a boxer. But, he found that he, he was not as engaging or as inclusive as he wanted it. Which was why he delved into mixed martial arts. The question you asked, really is why are Africans doing well in it is very simple. The UFC offers what you do not have in Africa. It is a big platform where you can... You, it, is, it, is, it is legalized brutality. Let us
0: put it that way. <laughs> okay, I'm right then.
2: It is legalized. brutality. <laughs> you, can, you can do whatever you like to your opponent within means and get away with it and get paid a ton of money. Doing and, it. That, and that is exactly... What appeals to a lot of people. Every day on the streets of Lagos, people, people, <laughs> I mean for drivers and the uh, area boys engage each, each other, but nobody pays them. Yeah. But now you find people who get it, and I mean Kamarus man, and Israelis are living the life. Yeah. Driving yeah. Lamborghinis are living in um, big houses and dating supermodels. But the interesting thing that you must look at is these people made a career out of it abroad, not in Nigeria, not in Africa. Francis Uganu. His story is a a pitiful one. He worked in in a sand dredging company, dredging sand, working, having basically to use his hands, his bare hands, to feed himself daily. His original idea was to become a boxer, but somehow he found himself in MMA and look at him now. He's the heavyweight champion of the world. The truth about it, the bottom line is it, is that the UFC or mixed martial arts, because there are so many other platforms, uh, there's yeah, Bellator, yeah. There's, there's one, there's UFC, one EFC yeah, now. Yeah, there's, I there's some yeah. in Africa too. Yeah. 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 Um, there's so many, so many organizations, but mixed martial arts and especially the UFC offers them a chance to basically live off their own, their own the, the strength of their own, hands, their own hands and it appeals to them tremendously. Yeah. You know I mean, the nigerian israeli
0: is the last style bender. Kamal Rusman, the Nigerian nightmare. They've led to a swirl of support. Every time they fight, the whole country is out looking out for them and all of that. And like, like I said earlier, they are so proud of where they come from. And their stories are very interesting. And this underlines what we see about sports. That the platform sports gives you is huge. And where it would it makes you dine with kings and princes and uh, princesses, and like uh, today said, I knew today will go there, makes you date supermodels. <laughs> I don't know what I <laughs> mean by that. <laughs> but you do feel that what he's done, what he's doing is those two guys have been inspirational from a Nigerian perspective, or even from an, an France and Gano from an African perspective. So what's happened is that you I do feel maybe I'm right, maybe I'm I do feel that. There's going to be a groundswell of determined, young, grappling men from Africa who says, I'm going to get here. And that is the true essence of sport. Inspiring others to want to be where you are. It's a great opportunity. It's a great um, platform. But it's a long route. Long route from Africa, fighting in Africa Mm. to get to the UFC. It's the same way fighting, boxing on the local scene and looking to fight for a world title. Mm. It's a long road. Yeah. Um there's a guy from the possible. EFC. But it's possible, of course it's possible. Yeah. There's a guy from the EFC who's finally made it to, to uh the to UFC to the UFC. South Africa. He keeps going about saying that he wants to be the first proper African UFC champion. What does he mean by that? Well because it's the, because you know those other that ones migrated to the US. Yeah. So he feels that The guy is speaking don't give your ass I get get that so it's a long process and then a lot of investment needs to come into the industry for that conveyor belt to be well set up why am I saying so there's one that was done locally in fact we've had a few done locally Mm -hmm. but there's one that was much more pronounced. I think it's the African African Knockout and you could see the raw very raw talent talent very very raw that you put them on the same pedestal as them? No, no. That's a long road. So there needs to be a lot of refinement, investment coming into it. If we, and of course, I have heard Israel talk about it a number of times about UFC having, you know, come to An Africa, event. have mm-hmm. maybe a UFC in Africa, event yeah. in Africa, and that is probably not too far away. Yeah, yeah. Once I'm sure, once COVID clears a bit, they would go to Dubai for crying out loud. Mm. So. Africa is just... You know, uh, 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 and so Donald White is always looking to where he can make money. Oh, looking for the <laughs> next, for the the next opportunity. And I would be surprised if mm. the likes of uh, people in South, South Africa be the first to take that up. And of course, maybe the guys in East Africa who are not, not Rwanda might just be an opportunity. What so. Um, From a media perspective, I think Uzo is probably the most media savvy of all those guys in terms of <laughs> the way he walks the media... The way he has a lot of razzmatazz and he is always constantly, you know, uh, making you making you trip up on the fact that this is an African guy who is very happy to be Nigerian, so to speak. What does that do for the image of the country like ours who are so battered that to have these um, shrapnels of lights sieving through? and doing great things from a media perspective and even from a, from um, a, how do I put it now? From a, a perception perspective.
1: You, the, the fact that you're talking about it means that uh, it's, 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 it's successful already. Yeah. Um, uh, who, who would have thought, like you said, that it's uh, uh, that, um, sport that is so, that, that is that brutal. You know, the way you know what our parents felt about boxing? Even wrestling. I'll tell a, you my mother's story before we go. It. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 they, they can't countenance it. Now look at a sport as brutal, as, um, as, uh, as, as this martial art. And we are talking about it and we are, we are finding flowering words to describe the action. In fact, the truth is that when I think of Israel Adesoya, I think of Mohamed Ali, Mm. He's well spoken. The, the,
0: the razzmatazz
1: is good. Is good looking, and you know he has. He seems to have. He seems to, to have an answer for everything. Mm. And to top it off, he backs up. He backs up everything he says. Yeah, with with, uh, with with action in, in the room. So it's it's just it's just sellable, and that is Nigerian makes it even better. Because like like be said, we, there's no way we won't see. UFC events in Africa at some point. Mm. It might not be in Sub-Saharan Africa, sorry, it might not be in West Africa, it might be in, in South Africa, for instance, or in North South Africa, wherever. But one thing is sure, the fact that you have this many Africans doing well, the fact that there's a groundswell of support for them because of what they're doing, the fact that they're the forefront of sports discussion now, you know, especially as you don't have so, too many uh, boxers doing so well, Mm. Uh, um, as as, I mean, comparatively, on the global stage, means that UFC has come to stay and Adesanya and Kamaru have been in the forefront of it. Kamaru is not as polished uh, or as um, as vocal as Adesanya. Um, uh, But he he also steps up in some ways, especially uh, given that he has has shown his African-ness. By by putting his family ties up there, he's taking calls from his parents on the Mm -hmm. podium, and you know, as Africans also, we to it. So yes, the media has fed off it. Uh, even though I, I can't see um, uh, the commercial commercial part yet, but there is a starting point. Okay. And I may not compl- I may not compl- completely agree with uh, with you. Look, it's a long road, yes. But I can tell you that boy that that seems to be a dollar the Moshe or a jugule, or ikoyi. Yeah, but I have a proclivity pro- for fighting. Say, okay, I can't play basketball, I can fight, <laughs> and I have role models to so I have something, something to aspire to. Yeah, yeah. So some of these boys, they find their way abroad, and they start to lock on and log on to the to the UFC route, knowing that if at this time I can a successful and I can fight, I can be as well. Maybe that's maybe that's way for me too. The fact is that it's not visible. And yeah. at this I came to Lagos and look at the amount of people that are rushing to uh, to uh, to franchise within at the National Stadium. Same as when um, the world champion from England was Anthony, Anthony Joshua from Shagam from the local Anthony Joshua. Joshua. When, when he came to... so, so, yes, th- these guys have made it in the media and the, the okay. media
2: is aware, and I think it's a good thing. Okay, um, um let, me, just let me, add me go to, to just, just add something. I mean, already the commercial appeal is actually um, becoming evident. Israel I just, uh, became the first uh, UFC or MMA fighter to sign um, a deal with a major sportswear manufacturer. That's uh, Puma. Puma. Uh, he's the first and, and so far uh-huh. the only one. So, so that it's, okay. already, it's already becoming evidence. He mentioned Kamar Usman. Mm. I wanted to tell you about... Who is coming to Nigeria pretty soon. Yeah. His, his story
0: is one of adversity. I want you to... It was a bit of his background. His story is very is very inspirational because he faced adversity. The dad went to prison mm. for something and all of that. You know, can you just tell us a bit about... Because those kind of stories... What I like about sports is Sport mirrors life. Yeah, you know. And you, you you face adversity to succeed. And for people who are going through certain things right now, those kind of stories are... And um, tell us a bit about Kamaru his background,
2: and the adversity he faced to get to where he is right now. Yeah, Kamarusman was actually born in Nigeria, raised yeah. in Nigeria for a short while before his family migrated to to, uh, the, to the United States. Uh, he lived in Auchi, uh, which is pretty much a rural setting. Mm. Uh, typical boy, he had to carry firewood and water on his head, fetch water from the well. Um, and when he moved to the United States, you know, he faced the typical adversity of, of speaking funny. He didn't look mm. like anybody else. They couldn't pronounce his name. At one point, they were calling him Marty instead of uh, Kamaru because, I don't know, for some reason, um, Caucasians find it difficult to pronounce Nigerian names. Hey, but they can pronounce... That's Russian names. They can pronounce Russian names. I don't know how that happens. <laughs> um, but the major adversity... And Chinese names. And Chinese names. Uh, Chinese names. <laughs> uh, but the major adversity he actually faced was the fact that at some point in his life, his father was incarcerated. Uh, for quite a while. And that left him pretty, pretty broken. Uh, and, you know, the man was incarcerated for pretty much, uh, not exactly tax evasion, but it has something to do with uh, his taxes. And, you know, in America, they, they say the fear of the IRS is greater than that of the CIA and the FBI <laughs> combined. And, and when the tax man comes for you, they come for everything you've got. And that was exactly what happened. But, you know, Kamaru's man, despite that, he, despite that adversity, he he never let it you know, he never let it uh, weigh him down. He never let it um, define him. He continued to battle as strongly a- as he could, and um, he and you know, and that was also evident when in his last fight, his father was actually able to watch him physically yeah, for yeah. the first time. Mm. He said in the past, his father is actually used to watch him uh, in prison because mm. for some reason they had USC on pris- in prison TV. And, you know, it was a thing of pride for the man to know that his son was fighting and other inmates. He gained the man a tremendous amount of respect in the prison yard. Yeah. Nobody wanted to mess with him because I don't want your son, watch <laughs> So But, I mean, the story of all these, all these people, they have incredible stories. Israel also left Nigeria when he was like nine. He moved to uh, New Zealand. He was bullied terribly by the, uh, by the local New Zealand kids, go back to Africa, where you're from, blah, blah, blah. That was little what got him into, into mixed martial arts mm-hmm. because it was more into anime, more into dancing. But all these people have tremendous stories. And the fact that they overcome this adversity to become world champions mm-hmm. is incredible. And the thing, part of what we've talked about, you were asking um, um, Bodhi body about was, what does this do for, for, for Africa and for their individual countries? A lot of people talk about soft power about how you can use soft power to project Mm. the image of a country. Mm. You're Mm. telling everyone that, look, Nigerians are the hardest. Camerians can knock you out with one punch. Camerians and Nigerians are not to be messed with. There's something about being a world champion, especially in a combat sport, that you cannot quantify in words. And that is why the the likes of the United States and the UK will do anything and everything to have the heavyweight champion of of the world in boxing to be from their country. The projection it gives it cannot be quantified. And the way the UFC is going on, it is probably catching up with oh, boxing yes, pretty quickly. Yes, because, yes. you know, in boxing, there are so many uh, so sanctioning many bodies, yes, uh, too many belts. egos, everybody mm-hmm, wants to mm-hmm. keep his record. So you find people dodging people. I mean, for example, once it's Crawford fight, uh, uh Spence Jr. for years, yes. yes. both of them are dodging each other. But that's not how it is in, in UFC. Yeah. You want to fight a man, you call out his name, <laughs> Then now why so you are even move up a weight
0: to fight. Hey, both of you
2: are sla- both of you are punching each other in a few weeks time. <laughs> and That's what people want to see. The fights people want to see mm. are being made. Yeah. And the fact that the fight the, I mean look, the top 3 positions or three of the fo- top uh, three three of the top four positions in UFC are held by Africans. That's incredible. Heavyweight is held by Camera. Yeah. Light heavyweight is held by Polish uh, Young Baku. Nice. The second one, uh Walter uh middleweight. That's uh extra. Uh, Walterweight is held Kama. by Kama. Yes, that's incredible.
0: It's incredible, really. And you know, we I just saw the PS4, uh, UFC PS4, oh, yeah, is actually he's also uh, he's before we go, cover, let yeah. me let me tell you the story, but it was mentioned about our parents and <laughs> their aversion to when we were kids, I used to watch boxing or wrestling. And we are watching and we're excited and oh, we're yeah, jumping. Yeah, My <laughs> mom will come into the room, the sitting room, and watch her and say, and she will ask a question, These two people fighting, Someone do they know each other? She'll say to Yoruba, yeah. let me, but for the sake of it, do they know each other? He say No. Did they offend each other? He say No. So why are they beating each other like that? You people are jumping and fighting <laughs> and, and laughing. <laughs> eh, what's wrong? Why are they? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he's like, She couldn't understand why two people who are complete strangers we'll get into the ring and beat each other black and blue. And to be honest, I know the funny be... thing about uh, this kind of sports, boxing, martial arts, is mm-hmm. that at the end of the day, yeah. like Frank Bruno said, we'll now be hugging each other like exactly. games after we have beating each other black and blue. You've literally
2: split your fellow man's head <laughs> open. Mm-hmm. I said a they later, you're hugging him a good fight, good fight. <laughs> it, does, <laughs> it does even my own head in. <laughs> Quickly, before we go, um, let me ask each one, every one
0: of you, uh, projections. Where do you see UFC in five years, just ah. five years,
2: quickly. Mm.
0: One one sentence. One one sentence says each. With the politics in boxing, it's gonna get close, very close to boxing, mm. very close to boxing. But the
1: UFC is going so fast that I think that uh, if, if it continues at this pace. Um, Expecting not more Nigerians. Expecting local branch somewhere in Lagos. If the guys do where they think they think have the money, and expect also to see clinics in Lagos for people aspiring to be UFC, UFC fighters in the, in in the abroad.
2: <laughs> I think it's expanding rapidly uh it's just a... Ma- and Dinah white is just a ma- is a huge businessman he yeah. can see and smell opportunities everywhere it's a matter of time for asia you used
0: to play his fighters yeah. Well, yeah yeah
2: exactly you need you probably see ufc asia very soon you probably see ufc africa pretty soon because those are massive territories that nobody has really explored and the the talent is there it's a huge reservoir i mean look at what Serencal is doing with wrestling already. Mm-hmm. They have a purpose-built arena to, for yeah. wrestling. Yeah. Uh, they look at Nigeria to with Dambe as well. There are so many pockets, isolated pockets yeah. of, of, of 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 this kind of thing. So, it's just waiting for someone to harness it. And I think in the next five mm-hmm. years, UFC will be coming pretty close to boxing. Okay. You know, one of the best things about
0: hosting a podcast is having excellent co anchors who make your job very easy, who make the conversations flow smoothly. And before you know, the time is up. So that brings us to the end of another exciting episode of Sports Three Hundred and Sixty Podcast. We'd like to thank Sunday Koikik for coming through. Thank you. Um, we wish Israel Adesanya all the best. Thank you. At the weekend, yes. And Marvin Vettori. And the way I'm much. looking at you, um, sometime down the line, you two might do, want to join. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> I'm I'm and I'm in love I'm <laughs> <spinning>. <laughs> and not a fighter. And body, even himself at four a.m. or four thirty a.m. or five a.m. now. Uh, Are are you in Dallas or Houston? Dallas. I'm in Dallas. Uh, In Dallas. For joining us, the joys of technology. You would never know if we didn't tell you that it wasn't right here. (laughs) And yeah, me I do and I was always. So thank you for joining us, guys. We'll be back next week with another exciting episode of Sports 360 Podcast. We're out.